says this, beginning in verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Then down in verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Romans chapter 8 says this, beginning in verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the, uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This morning we want to take the opportunity to communicate with you uh, regarding uh, the loss of one of our students Friday afternoon. Angelica Erickson uh, was a student here at the college. She was a sophomore, uh, an older transfer student who lived off campus. She was a biology major uh, preparing for her pre-medical studies, planning on being a pediatrician. Lived over, uh, not in the college-provided housing at Oak Tree, but over in that same apartment complex. Friday afternoon, uh, Angelica was discovered unconscious, lying in the doorway of her bedroom. Uh, the paramedics were called and uh, they came and transported her to the hospital where she was pronounced dead on arrival. The sheriff's deputies uh, that were on the scene with the paramedics uh, discovered drug paraphernalia near her body. Uh, It was determined that this was not an attempted suicide, uh, but an apparent drug overdose. Angelica's drug use was completely unknown to her roommates and to us here at the college. Uh, She has successfully hidden her drug use from us. We don't know how long. We don't know how frequent that she was involved with that. But we do know this about Angelica. She was not apparently a rebellious uh, student in the sense of having an attitude of defiance against the Lord. Those that have known her best, her roommates, her family, bear testimony uh, that she was very sincere in her efforts uh, to try to uh, read God's word, 
and to be a part of Bible studies. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. I was struck by the fact of this when I was in her apartment with several of our staff on Friday and her parents. Uh, I looked over and on the shelf was one of those Operation Christmas box uh, sitting over there. And uh, it was Angelica's. And it was her intention this week to uh, fill that box uh, with a gift for a needy child over in Bosnia. So there's evidence in Angelica's life that she wanted to be about the right things. But it's also very true that there are things in her life that uh, led to a very tragic end. The fact of the matter is this is something now that's going to be part of um, our community, our shared consciousness, if you will. And it's a tragedy. There are those who sit here this morning who have never been involved in drugs and cannot imagine what that addiction uh, could be like. Probably be very easy for those of us in that category to be judgmental, maybe, in our attitude and our spirit. We don't know. And so it would be really inappropriate for us to formulate assumptions about what was taking place. There are others who might think, well, someone must have known. Someone must have seen what was going on. Uh, the fact of the matter is uh, she had successfully hidden that from those who are closest to her. And so we did not know. But I also want to commend those who were on the scene. Uh, her roommates, you know, there were uh, a couple other folks who lived in that complex for students here, who responded very quickly and very bravely uh, to the circumstances. I want to say thank you. And I appreciate your willingness to, um, to respond in a Christ-like manner, in a caring manner, in a compassionate manner. And so this morning, we need to spend some time just thinking and uh, praying about what God would have to, to do in response of this, and of course, remembering Angelica's family. And at this time, our president was with us, Dr. MacArthur, and he wants to share a few comments. So, John. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't need this. I'll just use my other one. Leave this here for me, if you will. Um, well, you can take the microphone if you want. That's fine. Thanks. I'm sorry, I wasn't very clear about that. Um, obviously, this is a, a heartbreaking and devastating situation. And I just want to give you a little bit of a, uh, maybe some insight into the situation. Angelica came from a Christian family, a family that I have known for many, many years. Uh, many years ago, her father, Keith Erickson, came to Christ in our church on a Sunday night. At the time, he was playing for the Lakers as a basketball player. He was a, one of the greatest athletes in the history of UCLA, a great All-American and a, a well-known man in the community. He gave his life to Christ, and since that time, uh, has served the Lord faithfully, been very involved in the Calvary Church down in Pacific Palisades, a, a very good church, and I have known him through the years and fellowship with him. and. I think we could even say we had a friendship through these years. Um, like any father, with a number of children, he was greatly burdened for his kids, and uh, particularly for Angelica. Through her high school days, uh, she had some very, very serious struggles and got in with a very bad crowd of people. And that continued when she went to the University of California at Santa Barbara which he told me was a rather disastrous year. Uh, after that, they 
strongly encouraged her to come to the Master's College, which she did. And uh, he reminded me again this morning as we were talking that uh, she was a completely different person, uh, that she was sweet and loving and gracious, and uh, the way she treated her family was completely different. And they, could, they, they were just thrilled. They were just continually rejoicing. In fact, whenever I would ask him how is Angelica doing at the college, he would just glowingly report to me all the good things that uh, they were seeing in her life. They were so greatly encouraged with what was going on. This then came to them as an absolutely devastating shock. And when I asked her mother and father if they had any uh, reason to think that she had a drug addiction, they, they said no. There may have been some indications within recent weeks, but as best we can put together the facts, this was not some long-term thing. In fact, uh, one of her roommates from last year said that there would be just about no way possible that last year she would be involved in drugs and, and be able to hide it from me. We were so close. Well, people are good at hiding things, but I, I'm simply saying somewhere down the line, uh, she made a bad, bad choice and became hooked by that choice. And I said to Keith, I said, well, where did this come from? It didn't come from here. Where did it come from? And uh, he said, well, he said, she had some friends from her past days. And uh, he said, that's, that's where it came from. She couldn't break... The, the links couldn't break the connections. Whatever the sequence was, she got to the place where it became fatal. How, how long it took to get there, I don't know. Maybe nobody will ever know. But it's a sad, sad situation and a shock, particularly in her parents' life because of the things that were going on here at the college. And to put that in perspective, let me read you a letter that uh, Keith and Adrian and family wrote. We wanted you to know that our precious and beloved daughter, Angelica, went home to be with the Lord yesterday afternoon about 1.15. She died from an overdose of drugs. She was in her apartment at school and was found by a roommate. Earlier that day, she had attended chapel service at school and had lunch with friends in the cafeteria, commenting on the excellent speaker and the beautiful hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. She had been out very late the night before with old friends. On her freshman year, after her freshman year, she dropped out of UCSB and worked in a Santa Monica restaurant before heading back to school at Masters College. She had always been a night owl, and the whole late night scene in Santa Monica had been a part of her life. But there were beautiful, encouraging signs of change and recommitment to the Lord in many ways. Her sweet and loving words to us and her appreciation for all that we would do, however trivial, were expressed in such precious words. Her whole life and attitude were so sweet once again after several rocky years. Her pre-med studies were strong. She was tutoring students and working three nights every weekend at Gladstones in Universal City. We are heartbroken, but we thank God for the time that she was with us. We celebrated her 22nd birthday on November 4th, 
because of God's mercy and grace and salvation, we have the assurance that we will be with her again one day in the presence of God Almighty through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, our only hope. Sincerely, and the family signs their name. And that letter was sent out to all their neighbors and friends. As you can imagine, Keith is currently the broadcaster for the Phoenix Suns, television broadcaster down in Arizona. He is well known in many places. And uh, many, many people who aren't Christians know him, and that letter was intended to express their faith as well. This, the funeral service will be held on Saturday morning, and Keith has asked me if I will present the gospel because he said you'll never have a greater opportunity because there, were, there are going to be so many people who do not know Christ. So you can pray that Saturday the Lord will use the death of this young girl uh, as a platform to launch the meaning of the gospel in very stark uh, terms. I also wanted to share with you a couple of things that were written by her roommates. And I think it's important for you to have their perspective since they were living with her on a regular basis. And this was written by her roommates. Angelica appeared to be a shy individual, yet once you became friends with her, you quickly realized her unique, rich sense of humor and loyal friendship. She was extremely accepting and always had a smile to share. It is these great qualities which we will remember and miss. We want people to also share in these memories of her. The circumstances of her passing leave many questions, yet have caused us to, to evaluate our own lives and recognize our own struggle with sin. We are concerned because of the circumstances that people may focus on the fact that it was drug-related rather than the fact that it happened to be her area of weakness. We must realize that we can't forget about our own daily failings and temptations. And we are reminded of Paul's writing in Romans 7:23 to 25, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We, along with her parents, believe that she is in the presence of the Lord. We are thankful for her daily disposition that we saw, which now gives us this reassurance. The Lord has already begun to bring triumph through this situation. He has opened our eyes to how precious friendships are and how he provides the means for the gospel to be shared. We have been convicted of the issue of what a true friend is. A true friend is someone who reaches outside of their comfort and self-centeredness. With Angelica, we enjoyed each other's company and had many fun times, but realize now that we took for granted the heart issues. We never really took the time to truly see where she was with the Lord. Since this is the most vital part of a person's life, this needs to be the most vital part of a friendship. We learned that there is an important balance in friendship, not only the enjoyment of companionship, but also getting beyond surface laughter and fun to communication about our walks with the Lord. We look forward to how God will use us, will use this in our lives, and also to her memorial service when the gospel will be shared with many who do not know him. And then they listed a couple of concerns. Many people believed her death was a suicide. We are confident this was not the case, and her family is as well. We are very concerned that those who are ignorant of drugs and their power, 
will be more condemning or misunderstanding than compassionate. We believe that though Angelica was responsible for her actions, she was also in a battle with a powerful addiction that few people have experienced with by the grace of God. And we believe that she came to Masters and became our roommate because she desired a different kind of life for herself. Also, many, many thanks for all the support and prayer. So many people offered their time, asked if we needed anything or if we just needed to talk. Many people came through for us and we are so thankful. Thanks to friends, student life, and many who didn't even know her who were so caring and supportive. And it's signed by her roommates, Janine, Sarah, Joy, and Melanie. That's a, that's a wonderful testimony, and I want to thank the gals for writing that. that. I read that to her father, and you'll never know what a tremendous encouragement that was to his own heart. Let me just suggest a few things, and then Mark will come back. There are no lessons for Angelica. Her time of learning is over. She left chapel, went to lunch, left lunch, went to her apartment, left her apartment, went to heaven. That fast. Probably uh, in a matter of minutes. It was very sudden. So when we look at this whole incident, we, we can't ask what was the Lord trying to teach her. The Lord just allowed her to enter into his presence. I don't want to say this was God's uh, will for her life. I believe God knows that our days are numbered. Earlier, Mark read Psalm 139. There is a portion of that same psalm that says our days are numbered, which God has ordained for us. God knows, God knew that she would live 22 years and 18 days. But God was not responsible for the choice she made. And the Bible is very clear about the fact that obedience produces long life and sin can cut life short. I don't understand the fullness of the mystery of our own independent acts and how it fits in with God's absolute sovereignty, but God knew, God knew, obviously, how long she would live, and God takes the choices we make and fits them perfectly into his plan, though we are responsible for those choices. But God's action toward her was one of absolute and pure grace. And in the moment, she made a terrible choice that will hurt her parents for their lifetime and leave devastating scars on people who loved her deeply and leave its mark on all of us. For her, there was purely an exit into the glories of heaven, and that is the nature of God's grace. That even when we do those things that are frighteningly wrong, and bad choices, God embraces his own children with the fullness of his redeeming grace. We're confident on the basis of the confession of her faith that she believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and had committed her life to him, that she believed that God had raised him from the dead and confessed him as Lord, that she belonged to Christ and he took her into his heaven, and that she is now rejoicing with him. And God, in his grace, delivered her from this world. And in that sense, she's a lot better off. 
I know it's hard for us to grasp that because we're having an awful good time down here. But she is a lot better off. Heaven is a far greater place. It's hard to convince Christians of that because especially in this society, we have so much. But believe me, she wouldn't want to come back. And so the lessons really aren't for her. The great lesson for her is God's forgiveness is true and God's grace is real and God's promise of eternal life has come to pass. But what about us? The issue here is what is this going to say to us? There must be some purpose. There must be some significance. There must be something that God would say to us in this. Well, let me, let me tell you a few things. Give you a few lessons. You can sort through them yourself. Number one, you don't know how long your life will be, right? She didn't go back into her room to die. She was in the fullness of life. She was preparing for a career. She was getting ready to pack her little box to take it to church on Sunday to give to the Bosnian kids. She was a... Uh, going to go home for the weekend. I mean, she had plans. There was no note. There was no indication of anything other than she didn't plan this at all. Don't know whether she got too much of the drug, what the drug was, or whether she got a, a bad batch of drugs as happens. Don't know. There will be an autopsy, and maybe some of those things can come to light. But the bottom line is you do not know when you will leave this world. Could be a car accident, could be an illness, could be that, that there's going to come into your life uh, some terrible disaster, the likes of which you have no control over and no ability to anticipate. And all of that simply says, you better be certain that you are right with God now, that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You just don't know. We've had other students over the years that I've been here since 1985 who have died in their college days. Every time that happens, it is a tragedy. And we are struck by the fact that this is the prime of life and how can it happen? But it does. Just be sure your life is right with God. Secondly, this should serve as a warning to you about the power of, ha of sinful habits. The power of sinful habits. I can't imagine how many times Angelica must have said to herself, I've got to stop doing this. I've got to quit doing this. She came to chapel. She came to church. Her, her dad uh, told me that even during the summer, she used to like to come to Grace Church to hear the preaching of the Word of God. On Sunday nights, she would go to her own church in the morning and then she'd come on Sunday nights and, and she loved to hear the Word of God preached. And Last semester she was involved in a Bible study. and um, She must have said repeatedly after hearing chapel messages and going to class and, and rubbing shoulders with committed Christian young people like you, she must have said to herself a thousand times, I have to stop doing this. But sin is a powerful, powerful thing. And when it activates and excites our, our lusts and our desires, and when it plays with our emotions and tampers 
with our metabolism in the case of an addiction like this, and we don't know all of the components, it is a powerful, powerful and corrupting influence. It's very important, young people, that when you are young, you get a grip on your life and you deal with the sin that easily besets you, the entangling sin. You know what they are. They come back again and again and again. And if you keep losing this battle, it will corrupt your life in major ways and maybe not very far down the road, but certainly later, if not sooner. Sin is a powerful, powerful force. And you need to deal with it in your youth and not let it become the controlling thing in your life. And that means regularly confessing it. That means keeping yourself accountable. Let me tell you something about sin. <clears throat> it wants to have you alone. Do you understand that about sin? You don't sin in a group. You don't sin in chapel or class or Bible study or in the cafeteria or at a game or with the gang going somewhere in a car. You don't sin while you're out getting coffee or eating food. You, you, you get alone for that in the secret place where you're... Your sin can work its way, and nobody will know. While you're young, stay away from those kinds of places where you're alone in the place of temptation. One of the marvelous benefits of being in a dorm and having roommates is in these years of your life, there is that level of accountability. And you, when you see a student who pursues being alone and who goes places and comes and you don't know where they go and you don't know where they've been, but they go places alone, mark it. There is probably a, a, a sin that is battling in the life of that individual. They seek to be alone because that's where sin comes to fruition. One of the things that was said about Angelica by her roommates was that there were many times when she would go away and they didn't know where she went and that may have been a very telltale sign. When you see people who seek to be by themselves, it takes a tremendous amount, take it from me, a tremendous amount of spiritual strength and maturity to be alone without accountability and maintain a godly virtue. Because sin wants to get you alone where no one can see and it cranks up its power. A third thing that I would say you need to learn from this is the corrupting influence of bad friends who really are enemies. If I could tell you anything that could make a profound difference in your life, and I only had maybe three things to say, one of them would be choose friends that build you up. Do not choose friends that tear you down. She had friends from a past life whose influence killed her. Deadly friends. Choose relationships that build you up. I'm talking not just about boyfriends and girlfriends. I'll tell you, you pick the wrong boyfriend and girlfriend and you are lighting a bomb of destruction. I'm talking about just friends that put pressure on you to conform to the group. Pick friends that lift you up. Find the godliest people you can find and make friends with them. You know, it's popular today to mock serious spirituality. It's popular today among young people to sort of mock the, the person who is 
seriously devoted to God and to His truth, seriously devoted to Christ, you see them as a little bit offbeat and a little bit out of touch. And certainly there probably are some hypocrites who uh, parade as if they were very deep spiritually when in fact they're not. But don't mock true spirituality. Pursue it, not only in your own life, but in those you choose to be friends with. Another lesson that I think is important to learn from this is the impossibility of hiding sin. Sooner or later, it's going to be found out. Sooner or later, it's going to come to the light. I was reading this morning in 1 Timothy 5. The sins of some men are quite evident. Likewise, deeds that are good are quite evident. And those which are otherwise cannot be concealed. 1 Timothy 5, 24 and 25. You can't hide your sin. It's going to show up. It's going to show up on your face. It's going to show up in your life. It's going to show up in the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you conduct yourself. It's going to show up in the things you do and don't do. When when I come across someone who's unfaithful and irregular at chapel, when I come across someone who's unfaithful and irregular at the church, I might conclude uh, that they just can't quite get their act together or they got a lot of other things going in their life, but I would probably conclude, based upon a lifetime of experience, that there are some serious... ...constantly with God's people is because they are concealing something. They're hiding something. They're holding on to something. And they don't want the exposure that comes in fellowship... They don't want to add hypocrisy to their iniquity. And they certainly don't want to sit under the preaching of the Word of God which elevates their guilt. So people who avoid the fellowship and worship and praise and the ministry of the church and the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, in my experience through the years, are doing that because that just elevates their guilt. And they don't want that because they're holding on to their sin. But you can't hide it. It shows up in your indifference toward worship. And the more indifferent you are toward worship because of your sin, the more power your sin gains and it escalates. But you can't hide it. It'll show up. Be sure your sin will what? Find you out. You need to learn to Examine your own life and make sure that, as the girl said in their beautiful letter, that uh, you're dealing with the battle for sin and righteousness that's going on inside of you. I would hate to think that Angelica uh, could die such a tragic, tragic death and uh, just kind of fade away out of our lives without having left some profound marks And the marks that I would trust that she would leave would be the things I've just mentioned to you. Be sure your life is right with God. Be sure you choose your friends very, very carefully. Be sure that you begin early to break the power of habitual sin. Be sure that you are not hiding 
and avoiding and avoiding and moving away from the very thing that exposes your sin and forces you to deal with it. And remember that sin wants you alone. So don't get yourself in those compromising situations. Everybody said about Angelica that she was shy. I wonder. I wonder. I don't think it was shyness. I think it was hiding. You could get close, but not so close that you could find out the terrible, besetting sin with which she struggled. Pray for her family. You can't even begin to imagine the pain especially at a time when it seemed as though she had made a right commitment to the Lord and wanted what was right and was manifesting the transformation of life, pray for her family. And then look in your own heart, search your own heart, and make sure that things are as they should be between you and the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we certainly are not here to be morbid about Angelica's death. Since it is again a great testimony to your grace that even when believers sin and make such terrible choices, you graciously receive them into your heaven. And we're reminded that Christians sin and make foolish decisions, foolish choices. And really, there's no sin that a Christian can't commit. And there's no sin that a Christian can't commit repeatedly. And Lord, there are weaknesses in all of us, and we have the susceptibility to sin in such a way even as the Corinthians as to bring upon ourselves weakness, sickness, and even death. We don't know whether this was a sin unto death, which would simply be sort of the straw that broke the camel's back and you just decided it was better for her to give up the battle and come home. But, Lord, we also are very much aware of the fact that as wonderfully as you have fulfilled your promise of salvation to her, she left this world at the beginning of a life that could have radiated for Jesus Christ. There's only one reason really to remain here, and that's that we might be a witness, that we might lead others to the knowledge of the Savior before we leave. Help us, Lord, so to live that you would give us a long and full life. Like the Apostle Paul, it would be far better to depart and be with Christ, but it's better for you, he said, if I remain. So, Lord, I pray for these young people that you will give them the fullness of life in order that they might advance the name of Christ and that they might lead many to righteousness and to the knowledge of him. 
that they might make friends who will greet them in heaven and thus receive a full and glorious eternal reward. And Lord, we pray too that you would cause us all to look into our own hearts and examine them and to deal with any besetting sin. Help us, Lord, to deepen our relationships with each other and maybe ask more penetrating questions in love and maybe be more searching. Help us to be open about our battles and confess our faults one to another that we may have strength from others in the struggle. I pray, Lord, for those students in this student body who may have the same problem, who may be involved with drugs. I don't know that there are any, but I'm confident among a group this large there certainly are some. I pray, Lord, that you will give them the strength and the personal commitment to you to deal with those issues. I pray for any who might not truly know Christ, that they might see the brevity of life and make sure that things are right with you, lest they leave this world in a moment of time and enter into an eternity of punishment. And I pray, Lord, that you will instruct us in the way we should go and that the life and death of Angelica may leave a great impact on many. And then I pray for the family. God, this is such a time of heartache and heartbreak. It's beyond description. Be their comfort and their confidence and their strength. I pray that Saturday when the gospel is preached and many will hear it, that your spirit would move on many hearts and that some might come to the knowledge of Christ through this tragic death. Lord, now we ask that your spirit would work in each of us to accomplish your will in Christ's name. Amen.